0: hi everyone welcome back to let's chat politics i am iliot your host and today i am doing an episode on my own for the first time i hope this is going to be entertaining and interesting for you guys that's why i thought uh, i could do a, a different episode today a different structure today is Uh, Monday 26th of December In 5 days will be in 2023 I thought that it would be interesting to reflect on major events that happened this year and I selected 12 events one for each month of 2022 that I'm gonna run through and briefly analyze and just chat about on my own before we start, just a little disclaimer of course, there is some bias in the way I selected those subjects and in the way I'm going to treat them but since I've done this work on my own I cannot not be biased, (laughs) right? I hope you guys understand that if you feel like something else could have been talked about well, you're right, it could have but I can't just talk about everything that happened this year so the first month of the year was January. We start off with something quite unusual. On January the 10th uh, in Baltimore in the US, the first successful heart transplant from a pig to a human patient took place. Scientists from the University of Maryland School of Medicine successfully implemented a genetically manipulated pig heart into a patient named Mr. Bennett. He was 57 years old and he had a terminal cardiac disease. The man regained full consciousness in February and was able to see his family and even watch the Super Bowl. This is very American, right? You get a heart transplant, you watch the Super Bowl. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's a pig heart, so it didn't last forever. Um, After 61 days, he passed away from heart failure. It might sound like a crazy medical innovation, which it is, But it still raises some ethical concerns so first the people for ethical treatment of animals PETA claim that this practice is unethical dangerous and a tremendous waste of resources primarily because animals are not material tools but living souls so it raises the question is the future of medicine to breed animals in captivity for medical slash Oregon uses. Second, uh, if this practice were to be more common, it would also raise issues for certain religious people. Jews and Muslims, for example, have a, a particular perception of animals and especially pigs, so they do not eat pig, for example. So what would happen in the case of a pig heart transplant for a Jewish or Muslim person. If the person is unconscious, can we take the initiative of giving them a pig heart when this technically goes in against their religion? Yeah, that was it for January. Quite a quite a, a weird way to start the year and this episode. Let's move on to February. So February, what well, you have. All heard of that, um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, um, but I could not avoid it as well. So on February the 24th, Russia invaded Ukraine, and on February the 26th, the European Union with the US and their allies prevented Russian banks from using the SWIFT payment system, and they imposed harsh economic sanctions on the Russian central bank, um, and additional restrictions on Russian elites. These sanctions contributed to a difficult situation for the Russian economy and it's been going on for 10 months now. Well, I'm not going to summarize the war in Ukraine because it's all over the news all the time, but I thought it would be interesting to focus on a particular element, which is the number of casualties. It's very, very, very difficult to evaluate the number of casualties on both sides, in Russia and Ukraine. So let's, I took an example to show for the number of deaths in Ukraine, civil According to the Ukrainian government there is between 8000 and thirty-three thousand civilians that have been killed between February and December, twenty twenty-two. According to the UN, six thousand seven hundred people were killed for the same period of time. For the US, forty thousand people were killed. We don't really know how many people passed away. And hopefully, if the conflict ends soon, it will be easier to identify the people that have passed away. Very recently, earlier this week, actually, Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, left Ukraine for the first time since the beginning of the war to meet Joe Biden in. Washington DC. The American president announced that he will give 45 billion US dollars to Ukraine to help with the war Uh, but of course the bill still needs to be passed in Congress so we'll see how that evolves. At the moment, where I'm recording, that we don't know. March on the 9th of March, 2022, there was an election, a presidential election in South Korea, and the People Power Party candidate Yoon Suk Yeol was narrowly elected president of South Korea. It was very, very, very close. Uh, the final count was separated by less than one percent of the votes, uh, making the results one of the closest one in, in South Korean history. So, who is this person? Who is Mr. Yoon? First of all. One thing we need to know is that both presidential candidates were perceived as extremely unpopular. Uh, there was a high, quite a high turnout of 77%. The voters were highly disappointed in them and the election was highly criticized by the South Korean media. It was described as, and I quote, the election of the unfavorable. So Mr. Yoon, uh, he is quite controversial. Uh, One of the key campaign promises that he has made clear is to abolish the Ministry of Gender Equality and Family and he also wants to decrease the budget used towards equality for women in a context where South Korea already faces high misogyny problems. On the other hand, he says that he wants to tighten South Korea's relationship with the US so we'll see about it in the near future. April. So on April the 4th, the 6th assessment report from the Intergovernmental Panel on change so IPCC was released and scientists warned that in order to keep global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius above you know normal greenhouse gas emissions must peak by 2025 at the latest and then fall by 43% by 2030 okay that's a lot of numbers what does that mean it means that it's pretty shit the report warns about multiple already visible consequences of global warming first the reduced availability of water and food resources, especially in Africa, Asia, and small islands, the impact on health in all regions of the world, so higher mortality, emergence of new diseases, so COVID, monkeypox and all that stuff, development of cholera, but also increased heat stress, degradation of hair quality, among others, and finally the decrease by half of the areas of animal and plant species. Well, above all, in my opinion, it's a good way to witness the inefficiency of political leaders around the world. Let's move on to May. Well, May, I think. (laughs) What's quite funny about it is um, that we we forgot about it. We kind of forgot about it when it when it happened and it was big at the time. There was a, an outbreak of monkeypox that began with the first monkeypox virus case reported in London, in the UK. On the 6th of May, cases of monkeypox infection were confirmed in England. The majority of those affected by the outbreak are men who have sex with men. And between May and September, nearly 3,500 cases of monkeypox were detected in the UK. I feel like we completely stop talking about it now. They developed a vaccine, the NHS bombarded us with texts to get vaccinated, but then who is talking about monkeypox on a daily basis? Have you guys talked about monkeypox with your parents around Christmas dinner? I don't know, but I don't think so. I feel like it was completely outshone by COVID. In June, Southeast Afghanistan was hit by an earthquake with a magnitude of 6.2 on the Richter scale. It had an impact on the province of Patitka coast and some of the areas of Pakistan bordering Afghanistan. At least 119 million people, in including in some areas of Iran and India, felt it, and more than 500 kilometers distant. It was the deadliest earthquake of the year and the deadliest in Afghanistan since 1998, with at least 1,163 casualties and more than 6,000 injuries across eastern Afghanistan and western Pakistan. At least 10,000 homes were seriously damaged or had collapsed because of the earthquake. The main reason why it was so deadly is because the area was heavily inhabited and had low quality buildings made of wood and mud that were not earthquake resistant. At the same time, the country was already weakened by the political instability after the Taliban took power last year. You know, they lacked medical supplies and had to launch rescue missions under very very bad weather. The consequences are likely to be very long and harsh on the people affected. Again, I feel like although We were quite aware of what was happening Um, It was not talked about enough in the media In July, new election, new election in India Drupadi Murmu, sorry if I pronounce it the French way I don't want to take the risk of trying to (laughs) to pronounce every single name in English because I'm gonna mess it up So it's gonna be French way for that So Murmu was elected president of India making her the 15th president of the country and the first tribal woman and the youngest person to be elected to the office. She received a tiny bit more than 64% of the votes which is a significant increase over the number of votes openly announced in her favor before the election which indicates that there was a, an extensive cross-voting in her favor. So a little background about Murmu. So she's 63 but still the youngest Indian president. Uh, Before she was elected the youngest Indian president was 64 and the oldest was 77 when elected. Um, She's a member of the tribal community. So the the tribal community in India is an officially designated group of socially and economically disadvantaged Indian citizens. They represent nearly 17% of the Indian population which is around 200 million people. A lot of uh, a lot of people from the community and in, in general are very happy about that because it gives hope that no matter which background you come from, you can access high political influence and represent the needs of some people that might not be represented otherwise. So her party, again I'm going to pronounce it the French way, the Bharatiya Janata, is a center right to right party. Her main policies since she entered office is the launching of a campaign to fight tuberculosis in the country. Okay, let's move on to August. On August the 17th, Turkey and Israel uh, agreed to restore full diplomatic relationships after a long period of tensions. So the Israeli Prime Minister's office said on Wednesday that Israel and Turkey have agreed to fully re-establish their diplomatic um, relations and would send back ambassadors to one another's nations so the Israel president, uh, Lapid, tweeted following my, and I quote right now, I'm quoting following my conversation with President Erdogan Israel and Turkey have decided to restore full diplomatic ties between our nations including returning ambassadors this will contribute not only to deepening our bilateral ties but to strengthening regional stability. So tensions between the countries have emerged decades ago but the condemnation of the 2008-2009 Gaza conflict by the Turkish government made the two countries break away from each other. The Turkish Foreign Affairs Ambassador, he declared We have always said that we will continue to defend the rights of Palestine, Jerusalem and Gaza. It's important that our messages are conveyed at the ambassadorial level in Tel Aviv. September As we all know, on September the 8th, the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II, passed away in Scotland at the age of 96 and her son, King Charles III, succeeded her as king. So because we all know what happened and we've been bombarded about that uh, in, in the news, I'm just gonna give some interesting numbers about the Queen. Yeah, to make it a bit more entertaining. So 2,868 is the number of diamonds on her majesty's crown that was lying on her coffin while people were mourning her death. Zero. Zero is the number of passports that she had. So if you're a UK citizen, you have a, kind of like an autograph from the queen in your passport. For that reason, she did not have one because she, she could not give herself a shout out in her own passport also everyone knows who the queen is and I don't think that she had to go through those automatic gates at the airport 129 is the number of nations represented on her coronation day in 1952 70 is the number of years she reigned for so she is the longest UK reigning monarch and the second longest reigning monarch ever after Louis XIV who was king of France for 72 years Yes, the French won this one again, but I have to admit that it's a bit unfair because he became king when he was five years old. Now the new king is Charles and uh, we wish him good luck for his reign uh, as well as his portrayal in the next season of The Crown. It's gonna be hard. Let's move on to October. Another UK news on October the 25th following Listra's resignation the week before which had a 50-day reign. Rishi Sunak uh, was appointed Prime Minister of the United Kingdom in a big political crisis, if I can say that. So the very short time of this trust in office resulted in a competition that you've probably uh, seen between trust and a salad. A lettuce, to be precise. Who will survive The longest and the salad one the number of elizabeth leading the uk also went from two to zero in a month so who is rishi sunak he is the new leader of the country uh, and the conservative party he has a big challenge ahead of him solving you know the multiple crises that have hit the country during and following covid inflation and the housing crisis for instance um in november 2022 the inflation level was at 10.7 percent which is more than five times the two percent bank of england target so yeah that's quite a lot um here are a couple of his political positions so he is opposed to list trust and i and i put inverted commas but you can't see it right but I'm doing it with my fingers right now Thatcher-like economic model and he is therefore viewed as a as a centrist conservative, he has voted leave during the Brexit referendum and he wants to lower immigration, he claims himself as an LGBT plus rights supporter, saying that the conservative party is an open and welcoming family, however he is uh, reluctant about bathroom and sports competitions accommodations for trans people. Uh, In terms of foreign policy, he supports the recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, he supports Saudi Arabia as an ally but still warns and recognizes the country's human rights violations, he calls China the UK's biggest long-term threat and he supports the economic support of Ukraine as well as sanctions against Russia. November. So in November the world population reached 8 billion people according to the United Nations. November the 15th is the day of 8 billion. So when the 8 billion person was born. The advancements in public health, nutrition, personal hygiene, medicine and high fertility in a lot of countries contributed to this rapid increase, it took the world population 12 years to increase from 7 to 8 billion people. But according to estimations, it will take another 15 years to reach 9 billion, indicating that the population's overall growth rate is slowing down. Areas with the lowest incomes per capita also tend to have the highest fertility rates The majority of them are located in Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, Nigeria, for example, is predicted to be the third most populated country in the world in the next few decades. The Sustainable Development Goals, which remain the world's main way to calculate what it means to be sustainable and healthy and happy in the future according to the UN will probably be limited in many countries due to the rapid population growth because it means overconsumption, a big carbon footprint but also resource distribution problem and the list goes on and on. And finally... December. So on December the 18th took place the World Cup final, France against Argentina. So the World Cup was, as you may know, criticized and boycotted by many people because of various controversies. Here are a couple of them. So first, in Qatar, it's against the law to be gay. Uh, The maximum prison term for same-sex relationships under the Qatar uh, Penal Code of 2004 is 7 years. When former Qatari player and World Cup ambassador uh, Salman said in an interview with German media that homosexuality was, and I quote, a damage in the head. It sparked indignation around the world. Officials for the Qatar World Cup have started removing LGBT plus emblems from fans entering stadiums in an effort to minimize the politicization of the topic. International teams that intended to protest using rainbow one love uh, armbands were forced to abandon their plans before the first game began after being threatened uh, with on-field disciplinary action which would have resulted in an immediate yellow card for any players uh, wearing any LGBT-related symbol. Second, uh, according to Forbes, the Qatari government spent over 200 billion American dollars on the World Cup making it the events with the largest infrastructure expenditure In FIFA's history, the image of the 2022 FIFA World Cup has been heavily damaged by accusations of needless death of migrant workers. Thousands of migrant workers uh, traveled to the country. Many of these employees were from Bangladesh and other developing nations surrounding Qatar or in Asia. Migrant workers have reportedly suffered violations of their labor rights, they have lived in terrible conditions, and others have claimed to have been tricked about the nature of their employment. Third, um, the World Cup has been described as a climate catastrophe. Just like any other World Cup, it's not necessarily environmentally friendly, uh, but some of the measures were particularly harmful in this one. For instance, uh, there were planes transporting football fans in and out of the country every single day and there was outside air conditioner for players to play in uh, chiller conditions because the climate in Qatar uh, is very hot. And the list is still long. There is accusations of corruption in the reference, there is a a last minute ban on alcohol that really pissed off some of of the football fans, and it goes on and on and on. Right, that brings me to the end of this episode, I hope that you guys found it interesting, although I don't have someone with me. I'll see you very soon for another episode, bye bye!